Cube Zero returns the franchise back to the deadly traps of the original movie. The prequel also expands the mythology by following characters outside of the cube for the first time ever. So let's read the numbers, toss in a boot, and hope for the best. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Hello. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We are finishing off a few things before Tara is saying farewell to the show and she's been replaced by David. But uh, some of the things that we're finishing off include the Cube franchise. We did the first two movies already. We did one about a year ago. We did two a few months ago. So it's time to finally hit what was the final one. But when we started doing the Cube series, then Japan made a remake. So there's actually a fourth one to do, which we're going to do next week. And I've not seen that one, so I'm actually kind of curious slash maybe hesitantly excited to see what that is. But we're here today to talk about Cube Zero, uh, which I guess the title would imply is a prequel to the first movie. Although, to be honest, it doesn't really matter. It could be after the first movie. It really is irrelevant. Uh, but... Or it just has zero calories. <laughs> we're on Diet Cube. <laughs> Get the sweet taste of cube without all the sugar. Is this what it's like when I make a bad joke? Is this, a, is this the pain you feel? I feel nothing but elated. <laughs> that, that was that was that was bad. <laughs> like if we uh, like if we could widen the scope of that. We live cult, in a golden just, age just a of diet soda technology. All right. <laughs> But sort of technology. <laughs> so yes, uh, we'll start spoiler free, of course, as we always do. Cube was naturally the, the film about a group of strangers who wake up in a strange cube and then it's connected to nothing but other strange cubes, some of which have traps. Uh, the sequel went a little bit in a different direction, making it a bit more weird and sci-fi, took away the traps, but added all sorts of weird like quantum mechanic shit <laughs> to the cube. Uh, but that was the second one. It was a theoretical cube. Yes. And then the third one, Cube Zero, obviously is trying to harken back a little bit more to the original, but does try to expand what we know about Cube. It, it actually shows us some people outside the Cube for a good chunk of the of the movie. And I'll leave it there. I won't spoil anything else. I'll just say that's the, the basic hook for it, other than just, you're going to see traps again, and you're going to see different colors as they go through cubes. Because boy oh boy, did I hate the fact that every single Cuban 2 was this bright white, like, mm -hmm. I had a, he had a headache by the end of that movie, it was so... Just... Had you seen this one before? I did, although, watching it again for this, I realised how much of it I had forgotten. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some big things in this that I did not remember at all. I. I vaguely remembered like the very, very little slither of the ending and just like a couple of vague things at the start, but there are some mm. big things in this that I've got thoughts on <laughs> that I did not remember from the first viewing. So we'll, we'll get to that. This was obviously a first time watch for you because you hadn't seen any of these movies until we did them. Correct. Uh, and you weren't even that positive on the original. Uh, you were... You were the, the medium movie. You were the party popa, to quote Arnold from <laughs> Kindergarten Cop. I liked... The allegories, I like the sci-fi of it. I didn't care for 
the performances or the overall look of everything. I don't know. Like, the look, it was okay. Oh, the look was great. I'll disagree on that point. But uh, yeah. I've got a feeling that after <laughs> two and three, you're going to be thinking fondly of those performances from that first one. You're going to be like, yeah, you know what? I didn't know what I had. I know. The eyes guy, the eye acting guy. <laughs> the first one, the cop. Yeah, okay, yeah, his eyes were a bit intense, but he wasn't the only actor there. There was there was some reasonable actors in there. There was a Deep Space Nine person. That's true. I did enjoy seeing her. And actually, I do like his performance because even though it's bad, it's fun to watch. And there's a Stargate guy in there, and there's there's, there's a whole host of, uh, of, of interesting actors and characters. Uh, but we're here today though, about Cube Zero, so we'll get into it. Um, so the only real thing that I'll say premise-wise is that we do follow two people who are part of running the cube, who are sort of in like an office type area with computers, and I'll just kind of leave it there because I feel like talking about anything else is just spoiler territory, but that's where we we basically start the movie with that, effectively. You know, there's like a little, you know, here's a trap, obviously, because it's cube, they want to do that first, but very quickly as the opening titles are playing this is what makes this one different we're going to follow these characters as well and we'll talk about all that especially in spoilers so tara what did you think of cube zero i liked it <laughs> i think this is the best of the three. Oh no oh no no <laughs> you crazy crazy woman honestly it's okay I, I I actually enjoy some of the stuff that that is introduced in this. I also think there's a lot of missed opportunities for lore expansion. Um, I especially love the hammy guy that shows up no, like, no, halfway no, no, through no, the no, movie. No, 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 he's the worst thing. I forgot about him. He's terrible. He's terrible. <laughs> I thought he, I thought as soon as he showed up, I'm like, okay, this movie just got real interesting. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he, he turns it in. I mean, that wasn't like amazing beforehand, but he turns it into just complete cheese. And I'm, I don't want yes. Cube to be cheese. I, 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 took... I want this cube. I want Cube Zero to be cheese. <laughs> I mean, I can respect that. But I, I mean, after an hour of watching the, or like 45 minutes of watching the movie, I'm like, okay, finally the cheese is here and I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I cannot disagree more on this point, but we can't really talk about any of that until spoilers. But let's just say, as much as you dislike the performance of the, the cop character in the first movie, I dislike this guy's performance even more. Okay? He's great. He knows what movie he's in. <laughs> no, no, I want the movie to be better than this. It should aspire to be better. After the 45 minute mark, you still want that? <laughs> okay, maybe it's a lost cause by that point, but I'm t but in general, if they were aiming in the right direction the whole time, maybe they wouldn't have gotten to that stupid character. Well, I like that the... <clears throat> I like that the movie opens with a trap, and it's a particularly bloody one. Yes. And with practical effects, and I, I did really enjoy that. And I was like, okay, back to basics. I'm I'm into this. You could tell that the cube design is a bit um, more, um, I don't know, like hastily put together. Like it doesn't look like the first one, which I thought was kind of unnecessary. It does look cheaper. And like the cube is, the cubes are, the rooms are actually smaller even. It looks more small. Yeah. Um, which to me implies that they had to build a whole nother cube, which doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> or at least improve on this one like had to go through um a major refit uh, to, to jump in there i think it does make sense i i've got a pretty good feeling that as soon as they finish filming cube that whatever set they had was completely 
taken down and destroyed even like i, I don't think i don't think that set no was... i mean in like the context of the the movie oh okay uh you're saying this is a this is a, a different cube that's a precursor to the cube from the first cube yes but it works the same way as the first cube it just looks older so unless there's two or i guess in the, after the second film there's three cubes that have been built well to be, make to any be fair, sense to me not to be fair tara there's a line in this movie that implies there might be multiple ones yeah okay but they do, they, it still seems strange they do suggest that but it's not the only difference though the entire like uh system with the numbers is like kind of there but it's different uh there's lots mm-hmm. of differences the doors are completely different um it, it's trying to harken back to the first movie because they do have the color differences in each cube but at the same time it's not as strong as that movie so it feels a bit more i don't know like they, they didn't want to spend as much money on lights so they only have like half as many lights so so, so they don't so it's only half as bright i don't know yeah. so, there was something like it's that definitely smaller uh but you know it I mean, that's not really a big deal to me. Like, if anything, just seeing the color and seeing the traps uh, was enough to, like, okay, the cube you design... The, vibe. the cube design's fine. <laughs> the cube design's the vibe of the first movie. Quite right. It, yep. it, like, you know, it's working on that front. It's... the. I think the big thing for me, before it gets to the ultra-cheesy shit in the second half, is that it kind of splits its time between the characters in the cube and the characters outside the cube. And I think both plots suffer heavily for this because there's times where you just leave the characters who are in the cube going through the rooms for like several scenes in a row where we're just sticking with the characters on the outside. And it's almost like they're like an afterthought in a cube movie. And that just doesn't (laughs) feel right. It just doesn't feel right at all. It should feel more even between the two. And I think that's like problem number one for me. I think it makes the, the people in the cube feel like the B plot. It does, yeah. And and at one point, the, the the people outside the queue become the A plot, and you're like, oh, actually, this is our like the people we're following. So the like this becomes their story primarily, which I actually kind of liked because that changed up, you know, some things that it changed up the formula and made it different. And if this is a prequel, then it explains some things like what happens to the workers, what happens to the people who built this. Who built it? It doesn't really answer that question, but it does answer the some questions at least about like um, what it's like to be part of this project that obviously required a lot of a lot of mind power and a lot of hands to build. It answers a very small fragment of the questions you have. It's a very yes. small fragment. Uh, but I, I, I I enjoyed that other side of it that we you know isn't just redundant no, 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 from I, the like, first and second film like i agree that i like them having this other side to it because it does shake up the formula i think that's important to make it feel like it's its own movie not just cube one again but mm-hmm. i do think it needs to feel more even i think that, that you hit the nail on the head when you said the characters inside the cube feel like the b plot and i think it should feel more even it should feel like they play off of each other because you know eventually like you know some of it's going to intersect and that's cool but I, I wanted them to feel equal. Whereas all the characters in the cube feel like they're, you know, they're, they're like as much as you make fun of the guy in the first movie, I think they all feel lesser. So Canadian. <laughs> they're like Canadian, <laughs> sure. But they all feel like they're worse actors. They all feel like they're less thought out characters because they're just there to be the fodder in the cube because it's not really their story. So they're kind of yep. afterthoughts compared to the characters in the first movie, right? Sure, yeah, the first movie's got a red shirt who dies 
quite quickly because you know we need to show that there's traps but the rest of them all get a decent amount of time to develop we learn who they are we don't get a whole lot for most of the characters in the cube in this movie only really two of them and one of them is very silly we can't talk about it until spoilers but <laughs> there's some other stuff going on in this universe fine. that we're going to talk about <laughs> when we get to the spoilers i think it's i think it's important to do the world building and i think that's what that person is there to establish you could do world building that's not stupid <laughs> just a thought i disagree <laughs> what you think all world not building. in cube zero <laughs> tara dream a little bigger okay dream a little bigger <laughs> <laughs> to quote Tom Hardy from Inception, don't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. I think this is... Don't call me darling. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I darling. That... I won't do it again. <laughs> um, I, I think that this is the same director as the second movie, which I find very interesting. Is it? Because it's almost like I've got two ideas for a Cube sequel, but I'm not sure which one to do. So I'm just going to do both. I'm factual. They're so very uh, different. Uh, uh, no, no, you're incorrect. No, that's just okay. factually wrong. <laughs> Dang it. In fact, not only that, this is literally his first movie as a director. I don't know what I was thinking then. I thought it was the same. I thought I was I was just playing around on the the um, the app and I clicked on things and I thought it was the same director. My bad. No. Maybe he was a producer because he's produced like his produ- producer list is. Uh, like he produced American Psycho, but that's the only good movie he produced. <laughs> I was going to say he's he's done some like real movies as a producer, but it's just that one. The rest of them all sound like American did Psycho. He, did t- he have anything to do with Hypercube? Uh, not as a producer or director. Uh, maybe he's maybe he's got oh. like miscellaneous. I thought, name, I, thought I thought Cube Two was listed on his um on his biography that I had a quick glance at. But, uh, hey, whatever. Oh, he I wrote, was wrong. He wrote the screenplay for Cube Two. See? Weird. Because <laughs> that one's so different from this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wrote the screenplay for Cube 2 and then got to write and direct Cube 0. Lionsgate said, you know what? You can ha- be the auteur of Cube 0. Maybe he had maybe he had complaints about Hypercube and was like, look, I had a vision. And this <laughs> other director came in and he screwed it all up. He took out all the color, right? My script clearly had blue cubes, red cubes, green cubes, purple cubes. That's it. (laughs) We did a little cube world building of our own. Yes, yes. The the, the building cubes, the building blocks of the world, one may say. Yes, the blocks. The blocks, yes. I am a smart man. Uh, So... Uh, yeah, I think the other thing as well is that I think a lot of the stuff with the characters outside the cube feels like it's laying it on too obvious and thick where some things are going to go. I think it could have been... Some stuff's a bit muddy, some stuff's a little bit obvious, and I can't really talk about any of my thoughts on this until spoilers, but I just... I feel like from almost the first time they start talking to each other, I just immediately got feelings of X, Y, and Z, and I'm like, and they all were true. Like every single thing I thought immediately was true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, we'll talk about that later too. Um, but those are those are the big things. I think it gets insanely cheesy in the second half with a lot of really weird concepts that just cheapen the whole vibe of the movie. It's not you know, because Cube has that eerie feeling of like, what is this place? What's going on? And this movie just kind of 
mostly demystifies it all without really adding much of merit <laughs> to make it feel better. I know you disagree. I mean, a little bit. I, I still have questions. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about all of it. But uh, yeah, is is there a I mean, the traps are mostly still fun. Um, I think they do a couple of interesting ones. Um, yeah. I won't talk about what they are yet because that, that would spoil things. But they're mostly good <laughs> it's stuff. Funny that the <clears throat> I actually thought the gore effects were really good from the start, like great makeup, until hmm. like we get a character who's got like a fake eye thing, and it just looks so awful. <laughs> yeah, that looks honestly. Yeah, all all the deaths from the traps I think look good for the budget. They all look good for a mm-hmm. low budget movie. And then yeah, there's an eye thing. That... It just looks so fake. It just looks like and it's... like even the skin around it looks so fake. <laughs> Like, even the worst, like, effect, like, makeup effect in an episode of, like, Star Trek Next Generation looks better than this. Like, I don't know what, what happened here. I don't know either. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Oh, well. That's what it is. So, we'll give a spoiler warning and we'll start talking about Cube Zero. And we'll get into all the things. And why Jax is a horrible character. And <gasps> we... <laughs> Shall, shall not be praised on this podcast. He shall only be shunned. Made the movie interesting. How dare you? <laughs> no, we did not. This guy said, I'm going to ham this film up. He so walks grateful. in and he says, did. oh, it's a nice scene you have here. It'd be a shame if someone chewed it all. <laughs> and you hate that? Like, I love it. <laughs> Look, I want to like you. Like, in a good way, I want it to be a, a good, proper, eerie movie, not schlocky nonsense and there's a little bit of schlock in the original but it's 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 just the right amount to not ruin the vibe you know yeah i guess but i this is the vibe <laughs> i enjoy what can i say yes bad I movies like, you I like, like bad ham. movies <laughs> we've established this many a time on this show <laughs> oh dear are you happy that the last episode the last movie review you're doing is going to be robot monster are you excited about that Oh, did it win? It did win. What? What a classic. Yes, Tara picked all the options for that vote for her final movie review episode. Hey, why not? End with a end on a high note. For you and literally no one else. But it was a robot monster. It came from another world. And what was the third one? I don't know. It was all trash you've seen in Mystery Science Theater. Creeping Terror. That sounds right. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, it's, they're all Mystery Science Theater episodes. I mean, David's just thankful that at least you're taking at least one Extra Reels episode away from him, so he's happy about extra that. Extra Reels. <laughs> yes. Unbelievable. Uh, That's why I'm leaving. Yeah. You guys just don't appreciate <laughs> cinema. <laughs> Kino. You don't appreciate Kino. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear okay so our main character is win who is one of the two workers we meet who is like running the cube or at least monitoring people in the cube and they occasionally have to do something like you know press some buttons or or send something up to the upstairs and i think the big problem i have with this stuff is that this could in theory be very interesting but right away they start talking about where the other two co-workers they used to have of went and i'm like well, it's kind of obvious, probably, isn't it, guys? They're probably in the queue. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty obvious. 
And then they also say something like, or it's a little bit into it, but eventually Wynn says to the other guy, uh, Dodd, he says to Dodd, hey, do you remember the last time you were outside? And immediately I went, wait a minute. Okay, and I realise that at the end they're going to reveal certain things about why the guys are here, but just from the context of them not knowing that backstory because their memories have been wiped or whatever, like, I, I assumed when the movie started, okay, this is their job. They come here for their shift from home. But then as they talk, it's like, wait, you live here too? Well, yeah. What do you think the context... What's the context of this exactly for you and your like for for them working here? What do they think? Like, do they think they're here on like a like an eight month thing where they get to the end of their 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 current? There are jobs that are like that. There are, which is why I was thinking maybe that's what they think it is. But I was obviously thinking like Portal. I was thinking the cake is a lie. Uh, not that there was any cake promised to them. They're just pretty scared of everything all the time. But one guy looks like he eats a lot of cake. He does look like he eats a lot of cake. That's 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 fair. Uh, it turns out they they get their meals in pill form. They, so he must be eating a lot of pills. Yeah, that was a really weird detail. That, it really was. Like you could have just sent because it comes out in the tray with like a like a cover over. It. I'm like, you could have just had two plates of food in there. Like, why did we? Was this just another budget thing? It's cheaper to buy two pills than it is to <laughs> buy two plates of food. <laughs> yep, I guess so. Um... They looked like they were specially made for the movie, though. So technically, yeah. that's like a prop. Whereas oh, you just ordered food, <laughs> had it sent to the set. Yeah, pull, pull a last... had, had a had a have a best boy go get it or something. Pull a last vampire on Earth and just order some KFC and put it in a plate. And oh my god, are you guys going to do that on extra reels, or is that going to be a screams bonus? Because you have to do it. I think it's an extra reels. I think it's two. It's two in that. It's too good. Yeah. You have to do That's it. That's not the phrase I was going to use. <laughs> I own that movie. Oh, I, I know you do. And you own the fact that you own that movie, which is more distressing. Boom. <laughs> uh, yeah, the pills thing just kind of felt like this weird. Like, we want this to feel like a, a sci fi world, which. I don't even know if I like, like, I think to me, in the first movie, I never thought the outside world that all these characters came from was futuristic or was different than our world. I thought part of what made this place feel so weird and otherworldly is that they came from the normal world. So mm -hmm. this place is kind of surreal. Whereas this movie is determined to show you a bunch of little things throughout that suggest, oh no, there's like all sorts of like sci-fi shit going on outside in the the real world and i think it makes the cube itself feel a bit less special because of that i suppose i mean we did get the future of hypercube which is like super sci-fi so i i guess maybe it's has to be consistent with the franchise it's set up but, but that's a set before presumably right it it is yeah. yeah but like if it if it ends in that direction like if you draw a straight line from cube zero to hypercube then Maybe, maybe it makes sense. I don't really remember those movies that that well. Yeah, so. but why why can't you just say Cube Two is set like a decade after the other two, or two decades after the other two? Maybe like... even a century. Yeah, or two <laughs> yeah, centuries. maybe even yeah. a century. Why not? Um, the only reason why I'd say maybe not a century is that I think there's dialogue in Cube Two talking about like computer hacking, and I'm like, yeah, they're not from a hundred years in the future. They barely sound no. like they're from the time period the movie came out in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Cube also is super 90s. Um, and, like, everybody looks 90s, you know? Unless, mm. 
Well, fashion is cyclical, so maybe it just comes back in style, but... <laughs> well, to be fair, in Cube, they're all wearing overalls, so it's not like you can tell. Like, maybe from the hair and stuff. It's the hair. Oh, the hair, okay. Oh, that's fair, that's fair. The hair. And, I mean, like, the guy's a cop, like, a police officer in that one. People have, like, you know, regular-ass jobs. Yeah. Yeah, whereas the second Modern movie, day. they're all actually wearing their clothes. They throw them in just whatever they were wearing, so... Although, in, in this movie, which is... Maybe a prequel? I suspect a prequel. I think it no, I think officially it's called uh, this Cube definitely Zero. Feels, yeah, this definitely feels in the future. I mean, especially with the army guy who's got like tattoos and brain implants and stuff like that. You're like, that's Okay, so this is definitely <laughs> the future. And which means Cube is also in the future. The first cube. Yeah, which is why I just decide this isn't canon and move on with my life. Cube Cube exists on <laughs> its own in a vacuum, doesn't need to be connected to these two mediocre mm. to, to bad sequels. I like I the Matrix. I remembered this being better than two, and was shocked. It is to better the... than two. I don't know if I agree with that. Now that I've watched that again. <laughs> like, I even think with I... the even with the gruesome kills, because because two really wasn't very good. No, you're right. Like, like the the kill the, the kills are good, but it's like the only good thing <laughs> about the whole movie. <laughs> don't don't you bring up Jacks? I'm not going to hear it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having this debate <laughs> okay, constantly. I will. I will. Just know I disagree. Yes, I know you disagree. It's fine. It's fine. We, we, but we... I do also think that, you know, doing the stuff outside the cube is interesting. Like, or at least having the workers there is interesting. It's more, yeah, conceptually on paper, I agree. It is more interesting. It's just that as it actually plays out, like, I don't think the script does enough with it. Or, like, I think it should it play could, out. though. Like, that's why I say there there are some missed opportunities, I think, in the storytelling as, as far as, like, sci-fi allegories go. Like, if this really is a cube that was built by people and then everyone who built it also ends up in the cube uh, and it, you know and that's how like humanity destroys it, itself with this cube that represents everything that's wrong with humanity from the first film like greed and and you know just technology and things like that i think that could be an interesting setup but they don't do it like they just i don't know well you're they don't going, go that direction you're going big ideas with that which i appreciate because that's what which, was so why good not about... well, well that's what was so good about the first one but like the complaints i have though aren't even the big ideas the complaints i have is that even just the scene to scene progression for the characters their stories kind of shit because it feels like it should be going slower it feels like they should think like like almost immediately when starts questioning like he's all it's already like he's already been questioning things before the movie even starts and the other yeah. guy dodds like oh shut up stop talking like that that'll get you into trouble you'll yeah. end up being killed like immediately they're just laying it on so thick and i'm like why not go a little bit where they both are quite content at their job and then maybe something triggers wins like suspicion maybe something gives him a bad vibe yeah. or so you know, that we don't figure it out like an hour before the characters yeah. do <laughs> you know just a, a, a little thing that movies usually have called an inciting incident that inspires mm -hmm. what the main character starts to unravel to to go on their, their character journey and it doesn't really have that he's just already kind of questioning everything when the movie starts like it's already a thing uh, you know, they watch the guy from the opening scene die in the cube, and they just kind of comment on it, and, like, it's like he already has doubts. So, I just feel like that's a big mistake, because I don't, I'm not really with him on this journey, as he's slowly starting to doubt things, because he's not slowly starting to doubt things, he's already doubting things, and then he just kind of, 
goes around in circles with Dodd a few times, where Dodd keeps telling him to shut up and to stop asking questions, but then it keeps going. Eventually, there is another detail that makes him think, oh, we should step in here. But, like, you know, by that point, it's like, okay, you've, you've I'm already too convinced of everything where this movie's going to, to really... And I'm not saying it should be... Un, like, I'm not saying it shouldn't be, like predictable it can be predictable in the sense that obviously yeah the story's probably going to go in this direction because it makes narrative sense for the character but there's a difference between that and like looking at the the, the audience and be like huh wink wink huh <laughs> like there's something afoot here we know it's we're in a cube movie we know there's something afoot you don't have to <laughs> yeah we know the drill yeah so I, third one now that's my that's my big problem with all that stuff uh th- their whole thing is that the woman there's the main one inside the cube. And we see some glimpses, which by the way, the people monitoring the cube can also monitor the dreams of the like the, the prisoners before they wake up. How convenient. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just questioning the existence of that technology in the first place to go back to all this weird sci-fi tech they have. But yes, he that does give him a lot of information about who this woman is and why he's like in love with her, despite never talking to her. He starts drawing pictures of her as a superhero with her daughter, and it's all very kind of, I don't know. He's a good artist. Yeah, in fact, he draws like a full comic book page at one point with panels, and it's got like a little sequence. Uh, I guess if you were stuck in this place monitoring all the cube victims, you'd probably get a little hobby like this. The other guy's got his chess. He's got his uh, his drawings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's also very good at chess, though, because one, it turns out, is like a super genius, and he, he can see all... There's, he's showing the other guy a chess move, and he looks at the, the book that's got the, the, the problem in it, and he, you can just see his mind moving all the pieces really quickly. He's, he's got like the Queen's Gambit eye, uh, which yeah. is important for the ending. That'll come back up later. But yes. We'll get so that. it turns out that he is a... I don't think he knows he's that smart at first. Like It's, it's sure. almost like a discovery. Like, oh... I'm a genius when it comes to chess and working out, figuring out this stuff. So, and, and that's like, a, that's a reveal to the character as, as it is to us, which I thought was interesting. Does that mean like they're, I know they have to do some kind of mind wipe for the workers as well. Cause even he's like, you brought it up already, but he's like, do you remember last time you were outside? And he goes, and not like a memory of being outside, but actually outside. I thought, well, that's a weird thing to ask because it would all be memory unless you were actually outside right now I mean, <laughs> in this moment. The guy says, yeah, sure. I dreamed, ab- I, you know, I dreamt about the beach or something the other night. And he's like, no, 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 not a dream. Like, do you actually remember the last time you went outside? And he's like, no, I guess not. Mm. And he doesn't think that's weird. And I'm like, dudes, that's pretty weird. Like, you're kind of, you're stuck in here. This is your only existence. And yeah, you're right, it does kind of almost like a, a very diluted, of course, but kind of moon feel where it's like, have you ever been outside? Is this all where you, you've been existing the entire time? Um, but the you big heard thing... That, huh? What? I thought you were going to ignore my moon comment. I thought no, I caught it. Okay. Why do you think I'm going to be unfair and ignore... Because whenever I compare something you hate to something you love, it's like, I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> well because this wasn't a quality comparison this was uh uh like a an idea or a like a, a feel comparison and i don't think that's necessarily a bad implication on moon because you can compare it you can compare uh 
I don't know, birdemic to the birds. It doesn't mean you're saying anything about the quality of the birds. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, thankfully, James Wen came around and did it right. The audience does not need me to comment on that statement. They see, you did it again. It speaks for, speaks for itself. <laughs> speaks for itself. I even like the birds. Birds is a fun movie because of the the bird sequences, but it's got a really odd pacing. It's it's not one of Hitchcock's best. But it's still miles, millions of leagues now. better than Birdemic, obviously. But yeah, I mean that's really a memorable movie. <laughs> we should have just done the Birdemic trilogy for the the last of uh, my my reviews here. No, tough. It's not happening. You don't get them. It's fine. There'll be extra reels exclusives. Look forward to my comments. <laughs> My full review in the comment section. Uh, I wonder if I can make a tier that's specific to just one person. Like, that's the $5 tier for everyone else, but for Tara, it's like hundreds of dollars because Tara will have to know what we said about Birdemic. Nope. Not for that price. <laughs> you say that. You say that. You, you, you'll, I'll just you'll... text David. David, can you send me the link? <laughs> he doesn't have the link. What? David knows his place. He doesn't. He doesn't quality assurance check. <laughs> I thought that was part of the job. <laughs> anyway, um, so the big thing that gets the plot going further is that when realizes or he looks in the file for for the woman uh, Cassandra, and doesn't find a consent form because everyone's file's got to have a consent form. And what these two believe, which is, we should probably clarify this right now, these two believe that everyone who goes into the cube were people who were convicted of a bad crime and it was either execution or be part of this experiment in the cube. That sounds familiar. That, was that another film? That is very much an episode of Black Mirror, which came after this, uh, I would point out. But there's definitely Black Bear in Black Mirror very much has a, a bit of that in it. Okay. It's probably been an I know that episode. Too. Yeah, it's probably been some other things too, but that was the first thing it made me think of when he said that. But mm. so he's like, "There's no consent form. This this might not be right. That she's in here. This is unfair. Like we have to like call the higher ups." And they've got like a phone that's got like a padlock on it, and they're tempted to phone, and he's trying to convince the other guy, and the other guy's like, "No, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Like just you know, if it's an error, it's an error. Not not no, no you know no skin off off our teeth." And then or nose, it's not that's the expression. Nose, teeth. No, back, I think. No skin off our back? Yeah, you're right. What's the expression skin with skin and teeth? Skin of the teeth is. Um, That's an ex- yeah, there's an expression with skin and teeth, which is what I'm mixing up yeah. with. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so the phone rings and they're like, hey, do a thing, uh, blah, 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 right? So that, this is all going on. And there's it turns out there's someone at one of the exit cubes right they're almost at the exit so they've got an exit procedure and i hated this scene because this is them just telling us this is what happened at the end of the first movie and i think it ruins the ambiguity and it's it's kind of shit <laughs> which is <laughs> so it turns out to be one of their co-workers right and wins immediately like hey that's uh that's clive owen uh, owens owen? clive owens yes it's clive owens <laughs> so he's he's yelling he's all injured he's got like he's put his shirt around his head as a bandage and he's limping towards the exit 
and he gets out the exit into the, the the bright light but then the room goes dark and some chains come out and magically like chain around his neck uh i don't know if there's like ninjas in the darkness doing this to him or if they've just got fancy or pinhead <laughs> it's very pinhead that's actually it's it looked, exactly it, it sounded it looked very hellraiser to me when i watched it it is very hellraiser and they basically just ask him a couple of questions the main one oh. being what maybe the cube is the um the leviathan <laughs> oh what a, what an insane crossover that could that could be <laughs> could work <laughs> That's what the cube was the whole time. The, the lament configuration. That's it. Was, yeah, I don't was the cube it. the whole time? Leviathan was a different thing. Leviathan was the was the the the, the shard or whatever. Yeah, thing. yeah. They, they, they talk about Leviathan a lot in Hellraiser, but it's not the cube. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they ask him if he believes in God, and he says no. So they have to press the no button, which just incinerates him on the spot. It just kills him outright. Well, the guy, the other guy, our main guy, is like, "Well, what happens if you hit yes?" And he's like, "I don't know. No one ever does, or no one's ever done it." No, no like, one believes everyone, in God everyone, when they come out. Everyone says no to God. That is what's wrong with our future. No, no. Everyone, everyone says no, and I took that as a comment on well, two things. One, perhaps that the experience of going through Cube just makes if you had any belief going in, you're not going to have any of it coming out. And second, you wouldn't believe that there's uh, some sort of higher power at work. Uh, but secondly, um, this is where I felt like the movie started trying to kind of like say that there was like a political conspiracy thing going on here, where they're saying it's criminals going in who are opting into this experiment. But we find out that the main woman was an activist, like promote, uh, like uh, what do you call it, protesting again soldiers and stuff like that and what the military's doing and what the government's doing and there's this idea that this might actually be like an ultra right wing like government who's just like getting rid of people by putting them in the cube and my first thought when they sort of started to broach these topics by like putting all these seeds in was but if they want to just get rid of all the people that oppose them why not just take them to a building with a firing squad and shoot them in the goddamn head that's why this not feels just like, activate your super soldiers this just <laughs> this feels far too elaborate and expensive like there must there has to be another purpose that they actually want to achieve with the cube itself beyond just take out their enemies because if it's just take out their enemies then just it shoot them in the head that <laughs> in order to prove god's existence we built hell on earth Huh? Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I I'm just look. I'm I'm being serious here. That that's just they they provoke this idea and even stuff that Jack says later about everyone being loyal and about being under God and stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm getting the vibe that this is like an ultra right wing like dictatorship that's gone amok. Maybe the public doesn't know it's that. The public thinks it's still a democracy. It's still just a but, prison system or something. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, you're kind of ruining a lot of the mystique here <laughs> without making it that interesting. Like, I'm not against it being something... Like, the idea that people are supposed to opt in, but someone's not actually doing that. Like, that's not a terrible idea. And even tying it to politics is not even a terrible idea either. Although, I kind of like how open it is in the first movie where it's like, it could be aliens. Who knows? It may be. <laughs> <laughs> but this just kind of like pigeonholes it into a thing. And does it in maybe the least interesting way it could, uh, which is which is a shame because I, I think there's a lot of potential in the expansion of the lore, and I, I don't think what it does here really makes it that interesting. I mean, I still have questions about 
why it was built and who it was built for or like it could just be that someone's taking advantage of it um it could have still been built by some kind of alien thing and then um but like politicians well, have got hold of it or americans or, or i guess canadians in this case everyone sounds very canadian in this well no because the first movie had a guy who designed the doors so going by that logic like maybe aliens are behind it but mm-hmm. you can't necessarily say the aliens built the whole thing because people were involved in some capacity. No, yeah, I think this has always been a human thing. Like, humans have built this. Yeah. Um, even though it seems impossible to build. But <clears throat> I think this has always been a human thing and it's supposed to represent our our downfall. Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's... Uh... Like, I, I just I think all of this stuff just demystifies what the cube is. And I, I have no problem with them taking some of the mystery away if they've got like a really good solid analogy they're going to pursue with it. And I don't think that the movie does. I think it's all very vague and it's all very broad strokes of, oh, you know, it's the political enemies and oh, they're putting in criminals, but they're not actually getting consent and they're not actually all criminals, right? And then you get to the other insane stuff like, one of the guys inside is a super soldier who has a chip in his head that when they activate it, his eyes go green and all of a sudden he has super strength and can like jump up from like the bottom of one cube up to the cube above in a single bound. This does lead to the biggest plot hole in the whole film to where he also has uh, something that masks any pain so he doesn't feel pain. Except he gets kicked in the balls and he immediately can't do anything. <laughs> well, my, my, my bigger problem with that is that, like, this super soldier who's got super strength, who's just jumped, like, higher than any human being can jump, he gets kicked in the balls and hit over the head once, and he's he appears to be unconscious. And I'm like, okay, technically you could say he's faking it because he does kind of spring a trap on them, like, five minutes later, so maybe this was part of a plan. Um... But, but why still... would he have to do that if he can just rip them apart? Yeah, it just it felt really <laughs> weird. It felt like a really weird, like, that was very easy to take also, him Also, whenever someone has, like, super strength or, and, and they go to choke somebody, I'm like, why are you not immediately ripping their throat out? Like, it's, yeah. there's not a lot here <laughs> to protect us. You know, yes. it's not like I've got a big old rib cage around here, which you could also just probably break. It's I... just human bone. I was just watching the new episode of Gen V, the boys spin off, and one of the, the super strength individuals punched someone through the stomach and their fist came up through their mouth. They were instantly just dead. Like, Oh, they pulled the... Um, what is it? It's not Bordello of Blood. The other Tales from the Crypt movie. Demon Knight? Demon Knight. Maybe it's Bordello of Blood where the, someone gets a fist through the head. Gets punched in the head and then the fist goes all the way through. Anyway, after... The, the burning of Owen. <laughs> this is where Wynn's kind of motivated to try and do something. And he's told to go put something in the elevator to send him back up to the guys upstairs. And instead, he gets in the elevator and goes down, which just leads to, like, a cube. Like, the, the, the elevator door opens and the cube hatch is right there, which, honestly, in the moment made me think, well, was it always planned that sometimes some of the people who work here will get tempted to go in? And that's why this goes... Otherwise, why does it do it? Why does the elevator go down to the cube? It makes no sense. Is that a different elevator than the one they used to get out? Yeah. Because there's two... There's there's only two cubes that will get out. 
like two that have this dead on them. Yeah, well, this is confusing this part if we're jumping to it because they said there's two cubes with the Z on it and those are the ones that go outside because it's a 25 by 25 by 25 set of cubes. But the ones with the Z move and they go outside the rest of the structure. But they keep talking about a third exit, this auxiliary exit, and I'm like, wait. So the exit where the burning thing happens exists. Is the second exit this elevator that goes to where you work? Because that's a really weird exit to have, but okay. It might not even be an exit, like... But it is technically uh-huh. one because it it, it goes well, to. Well, there a was cube. an entrance, but I like it could just be that these guys were also put in a, their own little cube, which is an office space, and there is no real exit. I don't know. But it opens to the cube, though. So someone, I mean, I suppose you couldn't call the elevator from the cube if you were in the cube, and you know, because as soon as he comes out the elevator, the elevator just goes back up. So I, I guess you can. But anyway, there's two cubes that have exits, but they keep talking about the secret auxiliary third exit that doesn't get monitored, that's separate. And for some reason, towards the end of the movie, his plan is just to go to the, one of those cubes that have the Z, and I'm like, but those are the cubes that go to the monitored exits. Those are the two exits that they know about and they keep an eye on. Like, why do you think and, that's going to yeah. lead to anywhere useful? And Pinhead's going to come out and <laughs> chain you up and destroy you. <laughs> Even but if not- you get out of that way. But I'm serious, though. It makes no sense. I didn't understand yeah. why they were going to one of those two cubes when he already kind of established that those two cubes go to those places that we don't want to go. We want to go to the secret third exit. And it just so happens that one of them does take them to the secret third exit because it, I don't know, I guess it stops there as well on its way. <laughs> I don't know. And that didn't make much sense to me. But we should probably jump over now and talk about all the traps because we're kind of stuck with the the guys outside the cube so let's talk about mm-hmm. the people inside the cube um the opening trap uh, before we meet anyone else is it kind of at the end harkens back to the opening of the first movie in the way that all the clothes just kind of fall to the or not even just the clothes but the body falls to the ground it's very reminiscent of all the pieces of the guy who was cut up falling to the ground but mm-hmm. here is this guy who gets sprayed with uh oh wait was this was that later no 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 what was the first one? Was the first one the cables? The first one he was, gets sprayed and spray. it looks like his, he thinks it's water. He starts to drink it. That's right. That's right. And that's then right. it ends up ter- being something that turns people into goo. It's like yeah, a house it, of wax moment where he like his arm starts falling off, but like it peels back like a banana peel. On yeah, its yeah. Own. So there's a lot of practical gross effects here with him peeling his skin off and peeling his face off before he eventually just mm-hmm. kind of falls into a mush of blood and stuff. Uh, the reason why I was mixing up though is because there's kind of a similar thing later with a virus that kind of also makes them lose their skin and get blood all over them and stuff. So I was kind of mixing up uh, a couple yeah. of the traps. Uh, but that's one. Uh, when we introduce to the other characters, um, almost immediately the older guy, like he dies within like a minute I've been introduced. Like he's there with the rest of the team and then he does the thing where he throws the boot in to test if it's a trap and this is how they learn oh no, that's not, like, they have different types of sensor. It's not always motion sensor. So mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't trigger the trap. And he jumps in and he gets, what does he get? Does he get the cables? Is he the cabled one? Yes. So he yeah. gets, like, the, the like, clo- clotheslined. So, like, the strings come out and, like, <laughs> like, they, um, I think... wrap around his neck and his arms and like he's, he's just like trapped in this like spider web of strings that have shot out at him yeah almost very hellraiser again actually the way they're all kind mm-hmm. of like surrounded them 
but then all of the the ends of these metal cables they tighten and just kind of cut into them so all all the bits all fall uh mm-hmm. and then the others see him and he's like you know he's all he's all bloody and whatever so uh he's dead it's a good too is is this a fun effect um there's some other ones where uh it is a virus like we said there's another woman who again all the characters who aren't either the soldier who's got the tattoo in his forehead indicating he's a soldier with a biochip in his head or uh cassandra cassandra the the main woman are all just kind of fodder for eventually being killed in fact when the woman gets the virus the fat guy who's there pushes her away because she for some reason she kind of claws at him like she's a zombie and she's not actually a zombie she's just kind of freaking out but he pushes her back and her head lands in like the corner of something to which I said, what is this corner sticking out from? It's a cube. The rooms are cubes. I don't know. It, you know, it's like there's a curb. <laughs> there's or, no ledges. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's a ledge or a curb or the corner of a table or something that she lands or the back of her head on. But I'm like, but there is nothing like that in here because it's a cube. <laughs> uh, so that, that felt like it came out of nowhere. I, I bet if you look at the set closely, you, you'll you probably see that the bottom of where they claim to go up to the doors maybe has an edge like that, and that's why that's what she's hitting her head on. But from the camera angle, it looked like the corner of a step. Yeah, it looked so, like a sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't make a whole lot of sense in the moment, but she dies. And then the, the fat guy, uh, he goes out in spectacular fashion because he's infected with whatever the virus is because she scratched him. And the soldier's not very happy about it. So when they open the door to go down to the cube below, the soldier just throws them in. Uh, mm-hmm. And notably, they know this room is trapped because there's a bunch of like clothes with blood on them just all in a pile in the middle of this room. Mm-hmm. And then he falls in, and after a couple seconds, the trap initiates. And this was the the one where he bubbles up and then blows up, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the skin bubbling. Yeah, he gets, like, I don't know, tranked or something with something that makes his blood boil, and then he just goes pop, like a balloon, mm-hmm. and it just leaves mm-hmm. the clothes, uh, and, well, that's, that's him, that's him dead. Also, a fun effect, the the problem with all this isn't, the actual scenes where they die is actually, they're, they're all quite fun, that's the best part of the movie, but these mm-hmm. characters have no build-up. Like, this no, fat guy. No, this they're fa- just fodder. We, we know from the beginning, like, who the important one is, and yeah. it's the woman. And maybe the soldier. But this fat guy, could you tell me anything about him, really? Other than just he's he's a fat guy. Like, that's it. That's his whole character. He's not a very good actor. That's not a character trait, though. <laughs> but if you go back to the first movie, all of the main group, uh, and even one of the ones who dies quite early, all get enough development that they all feel like their main character. Any one of these characters could make it to the end. You know, they all yeah. have that kind of vibe. They all get enough time to feel that way. Whereas here, most of them are fodder. They're just there to be killed until we get to the the, the main stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I did like. It's by okay. The way. I mean, it's kind of like any other slasher sequel or like, you know, saw, we were talking about the Saw movies earlier. It's kind of like any of those, right? So it's um, where like you know what you're getting at this point with all these with the sequel and like let's go ahead and just watch people die. <laughs> yeah but this isn't one of those like this is i'm comparing this to cube because it's like and this is only the the, the third one and the second yeah. one was such a weird different movie like i don't think you can say you know what you're going to get with this like it should like it could be better than this it should have been better than this and well it opened up with the trap so you kind of know what you're getting 
But so did the first one. I don't understand why that makes a difference. Well, yeah, because it opens up... It op It's a bad sequel, which opens up with a trap this time, unlike the second one, which didn't have any traps in it. Well, yeah, but you don't know it's a bad sequel at that point, no? This could be the start I of mean... a good sequel. This, this could be the start of Extreme Warriors, for all you know, when you start this movie. I suppose. I've never, I've not seen that film, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll pick a sequel you like from a franchise. The, the, the point I'm making remains, you don't know that it's, it's not going to be good at that point, so there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's, it's a perfectly legit critique to say that the characters in this, barring the two or three main ones, are all just fodder, which is a notable downgrade from the first movie that didn't feel that way. I think that's well, totally fair. Well, at least it was entertaining fodder. When they died, sure, but the them yep. bickering beforehand wasn't... Not that there's too much of it, because, again, one of the complaints is, is that they don't spend enough time in the cube with the characters. We're, we're far too much removed from them for that, but... Hmm. I don't know if that's a... Com I don't know if I have that as a complaint. Like, I don't think that it needs to redo the first movie again. So, like I said, I, I like that it mixed it up and had people from outside and people from inside and the outside characters well, no, no. Out I said this character. earlier but I'll make it clear again I'm not saying I want them to redo the first movie I'm saying you have to spend enough time with them in the cube so that you actually give a shit about them as well they have to feel just as important as the other characters on the outside well I think the ones that matter are the ones that you do spend time with and everyone else yeah they're fodder like whatever they're not very good actors they're just there for cool death scenes and they deliver on those so at least it's not disappointing that way yeah. But it could be better, though, which is the point. I'm arguing Like, everything here. could be better. <laughs> I know, but I'm giving you re like, I'm giving you direct things that it's doing, like, poorly that could be improved upon. I, I don't I don't have the same complaints. Oh, well, fine. We can, we can move on, then. I, I do appreciate that they look into a room at one point, and you see the trap from the start of the first movie. Like, they don't actually go in and, like, like have it. Like, I think they throw a boot in and the boot gets sliced. Uh, but mm. you don't, you, none of them actually get attacked by it. You just see it in the in the cube. Um, but the big thing is, though, is that once Wynn comes in and also like runs across them, I think it's right after the fat guy pops, where Wynn shows up and he's, he's like, hey guys, uh, I might be kind of involved in running this place. I know you're going to hate me for that, but uh, I know what all the, the, the coordinates mean, all the letters, I know what they all mean. I can navigate this place. I know how to figure out the traps really easily. And they never explain to us what the formula is for figuring out the traps. We just trust that he knows how to read mm -hmm. the, the codes and figure out the traps. And it's like, okay, all right, this is fun. And I think the interesting idea here is that on the outside, Dodd, who's now putting up with this awful new character, Jax, who's like shown up to run the show with these two goons and they're going to like control the cube and they're going to try and kill everyone by adding more traps. It, it turns out every cube can be a trap room if they want it to be, because it just starts turning them all on. And it's like, okay. But Dodd, who's been arguing with Wynn this entire time, and is clearly too scared to ever like do anything suspicious, now he actually feels bad that Wynn's inside, and he looks down at a drawing that Wynn did, which was of him as a superhero called Chessman, who is next to Wynn himself, and he called himself Brain Man. And he's, he's sort of realizing, oh, wait. This guy was my friend. Oh no. <laughs> and so he ends up trying to help when from the outside by sabotaging the power going to the cube. And I actually, one of the most interesting things that happens in this whole second half 
is that the entire power to the cube get turned that turns off and all the doors automatically open and because the power's off none of the traps are on no tra- so mm-hmm. it becomes this way we've got 10 minutes until they turn back on in fact not not even just that it's 10 minutes until the cube does a clean wipe which is basically just incinerate every room because <sighs> I'll, I'll just say it like see if you take away the like if you take away any chance of the characters of actually succeeding then it takes away like me caring about the story because that there's no stakes now i know here at the end they give them a chance by like turning everything off but it does like retroactively try to say the people in the first movie never had a chance even when they get outside at the end they're just going to be killed and i hate that the sequels have in any way tried to like convince me of that uh luckily they're bad enough that i can just ignore them but <laughs> but i don't like that I, I i don't appreciate that side of it i i get why it makes sense to write it that way so we've got these villains controlling the cubes and turning all the traps on and stuff but um i didn't appreciate that but i did like the visual of all the cube like all the lights in all the rooms like changing to one color and then being like shit there's no power and i thought it might have been fun like you know them like you know because they, they go through like a spike room at one point when they're fighting the uh the soldier they like they they impale him on the spike and stuff like that the the activated soldier yeah and the the spikes are in the walls but like you would imagine if normally the power was activated someone walked in the spikes would come out from every angle and kill them but in this case they're just on the wall they're not doing anything they're not coming out and to be fair, I think we saw we saw that trap in the first... I mean, I don't think anyone went into it, but I think they threw a boot into a room like that in the first movie, where it was just a bunch of spikes that came out. Uh, yes. There was. And someone did die in that one. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an obvious trap to do. And there's also... Yeah. I don't even remember what it was in this movie, but there was one room. It was probably the most boring, just had a flamethrower, which is fine. Like, you know, you know, it makes sense one of the rooms would, ha- would have that. But as far as an exciting movie trap goes, it was the least interesting because it's just, oh, it's just fire. Whatever. Yep. But it was cheap to do. Yeah. What we want to see is, uh, you know, people blowing up. I want up. to see people turn to goo again. Yeah. People <laughs> blowing up or falling apart or being sliced and diced or, you know, yeah. any of this stuff. That, that's what we're here for. Uh, but I suppose this is where we have to talk about Jack's. So after Wynn goes in, because I was thinking, oh, they expect these guys to go in eventually, like they're because they're going to be curious, and that's just part of the system. But then Jack shows up and is like, oh, we have to deal with this because we've got like a like he's went inside and he knows how to navigate the place. We ha- we can't have that. And I was like, oh no, so this isn't a planned thing. You you guys are like freaking out. The big wigs upstairs have sent you down here to try and regain control of the situation. And again, they do these little things to make it more sci-fi. Where the regular computer keyboards like spin around and it's like a circuit board and like the two like guys that Jax has with them start typing, use these fancy like Johnny and the Monic yeah, gloves. Have, like, power gloves. I was like, what is all this shit? They're Johnny the Monic gloves. Yeah, good call. Why 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 is this here? Why are we doing this? this no, I liked it because they were like the worst actors, the the hired goons. <laughs> I thought they were so bad because I mean they're fine, like they they look like like goons or whatever, like henchmen. Yeah. But when they start talking, they talk like California surfers. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you were so miscast. You're so bad at this. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these scenes is just Jack's hamming it up. He's, he's got like a cybernetic eye, which is the worst looking thing in the entire yeah. movie. Yeah, we talked about it earlier, but it's not good. It, it just looks like a, like a metal 
like bit of it's not even like a ball it's like a metal bit of debris that they've just like put some fake skin makeup it's put, around it's put over it but it's like it sticks out so much yeah it just looks really bad but he's got a cane and he is chewing the scenery oh yeah he comes in and he's like all right I'm gonna turn this movie around. <laughs> like I, I, I wasn't like I wasn't feeling this movie. I was enjoying the traps, obviously, like we said, but I wasn't really feeling this movie because of how it handled all the story with the with the main character. But the second he walks in and starts talking, I went, "Oh no!" This just went from being a mediocre sequel that doesn't live up to what it could be to just probably being really bad. And would you believe it? I think that's how I felt by the end of the movie. Is that I, I, my overall opinion in this is quite negative. And, I, and this character is a big part of why my opinion is so negative. I thought up until this point, I thought the movie was okay. Like definitely it was delivering on the, on the gruesome deaths from like the first one. And even the first one didn't have that many gruesome scenes in it. Like it opened up with one, but after that, it's just more like implied gruesome and less like gore. Well, the budget this... was the budget was so low. This is clearly a, well, it's a very low budget movie. It's clearly a much bigger budget than the first one. Yeah, but this one at least is like we're going to give you more of that. Like we'll we'll, we'll at least deliver on that, and they do. Um, but then the the overall movie, I'm like, well, I I kind of like dig what they're doing a little bit with the the guys outside and versus the people inside. But it's clearly not as as good as the first one, and it's it's so far better than the second one. But just because the second one was really a low bar, um, but when this guy showed up, I'm like, okay, you guys are not you're not coming back from this now. <laughs> Let's just go full ham and sink this movie to the ground. And I was, I really appreciated it. I bet you did. I bet you did. I did. Because then it was entertaining to watch. Before then, it was just a medium movie. Now I'm like, okay, now this isn't Look, good and I'm enjoying it. I will say this. It's at least an easy to watch kind of bad movie. Like, I, you know, I will say it went in quite quickly. I didn't feel like it was mm-hmm. torturous to get through. So it is paced okay at the very least. I'll give it that much. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's something, uh. But yeah, so he starts like giving orders about what to do. He eventually, when when Dodd like pulls out a bunch of things to like cut the power to the cube, he pulls out like a little transistor like doohickey thing. And when Jax catches him and says, "Oh, give me that," he swallows it. So Jax just pulls out a blade, and you know it doesn't. You don't see it, but the the scene ends with the implication that he's going to cut into him to get that back. He sprays him with a thing in the face and says, "This will make it so that you can't move." Like it's like a paralysis spray, but you're still going to be able to feel everything oh, I do to you. Yes, so it's pe- like a it's his, thing. It's too. his pen. He's he's got like paralysis, like juice in his pen, mm-hmm. which is secretly a blow dart to paralyze someone. Are you not That's hearing right. how stupid all this sounds? Like that, how weird. Yeah, it's like it's fun. Like at least now, now we're having a good time watching it. <laughs> What's this? We you keep saying we. I'm not. I'm not on board. It's, yeah, the royal we. <laughs> I don't think everyone else is going to agree with you either. To be fair, so so Dodd, despite having like a, a face turn in doing something noble, despite the fact that he's scared to help his friend, that he now realizes was indeed his friend, has met his demise. And the main two characters get out just in time. They get to the, the cube they want to be in. Which, by the way, one of the things they do to like make their jobs harder because they know that Wynn can read the cube doors and like know exactly what they all are, um, they press a button 
where some acid pops out of every single door and melts the the plate that has the the letters mm-hmm. on it so he can't read them anymore and i was like okay so how do they get back to the cube they want to go to at the end then when they're like running through multiple cubes and we have to get back to that cube i'm like how could you possibly especially since all the colors have changed to be in the same color what signifiers do you possibly have like the only thing he does is that like he knows where they were when he found them so he just has to go off of you guys were basically in the middle like the center of I the mean, cube I, and we'll just go straight down i know that she like the woman cassandra i know she was making a map on her uh her, her shirt she, she was like using the but I don't buy the polish on the shoe would give her this much, like, writing ink, but <laughs> that's fine, whatever, I'll, I'll go with it. But she she's made a map, and all I could think was maybe they're trying to say they're using that map to get back, but um, I also didn't understand how the map worked, because the map is two-dimensional, and this is a cube that goes in three <laughs> dimensions, so I don't know how you're doing different, like, heights. So, yeah, let's not question that. <laughs> Actually, one of the other things that's very different about this versus the original as well, as far as the rules go, is that they all have their memory wiped before they come into the cube. Um, the first one didn't have that. I mean, yeah, they had, like, the how they were kidnapped, like, taken. Like, that was, like, wiped from them. But they yeah, still... Yeah, I don't remember that. But they all knew who they were. They all knew who their family was and, like, where they came from. And There was, was one big... woman who seemed to have, like, dementia or something, and well, that was she two. was that... one that actually worked on the cube. That was in two. That wasn't in one. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, so that wasn't a thing. Uh, it wasn't really a thing in either of them. I mean, to be fair, the dementia one is the only example. And uh, she was basically just the replacement for the mentally disabled character from the first one. Is that, she, you know, right. now it's an old person with dementia as opposed to someone like the character in the first one. Uh, so I just wanted to point out that difference in that something. And because there's a line about, oh, I've even heard there's multiple facilities like this, he says that to them at one point. I was like, okay, I guess maybe they're implying that the the first movie's another cube with different rules and they're doing things slightly differently than the other one. But regardless, um, the cube they're in, the bottom door, because the power's out, the bottom door's open and they see that that leads to water. They're at the bottom of whatever this whole thing is. And they jump in, they get out, they run through the forest, they're actually outside, briefly, and some soldiers, super soldiers, uh, come after them. And Yeah, we know because we get POV with their green eye yes. on the lens. <laughs> and we also see the tattoo in their, and the, the, even just their green eyeballs as well. Yeah, well, they've got like ski masks on, so you don't really see the tattoo. Doesn't one unless get their, they remove it. I think one gets a mask pulled. Oh, maybe that's just the, uh, maybe that's the flashback at the start to when the woman gets kidnapped originally before she came into yeah. the cube. You see that? Yeah, I think that's what, that, that's what I'm thinking of. But he gets nabbed and tells her to run and we get this scene where he's in a chair he's got like a big huge like restraint on and Jax comes in and shows some scenery some more and tells him how you're you're gonna in the queue blah 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 and wins like i choose death don't i get a choice i choose death i don't want to go into the cube again i will happily be killed instead and Jax whips out a contract and says is this not your signature and the reveal is is that even the low workers like him and uh dodd were also criminals who were part of the experiment, uh, which is the most obvious twist of this ever, that they're just like the ones on the inside. Like, th- this was probably the least interesting thing to me. The only thing I really liked about this scene is that when when asked Jax about Cassandra, and he just kind of, like, shows it away by saying, oh, that's of no concern to you, 
Wynn smiles and says, oh, you didn't catch her. And it mm-hmm. like and Jax's reaction kind of implies that that's true, which I really appreciate just because it's you know it's time after three movies that someone yeah. actually got away and seemingly yeah. survived and was able to go and do whatever they're doing. So agreed. Yeah, uh, I don't like the trend of like all is lost, and that's too French for me. It's also just there's just no stakes if the movies always end. It's the same with the Blair Witch movies. Like it's fine in the first one because it's a standalone movie, but once you're doing all the sequels and like. So no one's going to make yeah, it out that, at the end ever. <laughs> that was the gimmick of the first Blair Witch movie anyway. It was just like, oh, it's actually real. It really happened. And we found this footage of all yeah, those people yeah. who were lost. Yeah. So, but, you know, every found footage movie since it's done Everyone Dies is just kind of like, oh, I'm sick of this. I'm so sick of this. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're just going to lead to that exact same ending where the camera falls down. And it's, you know, I was starting to feel, I was glad that at least one person is implied to have survived and escaped. Uh, there is kind of like a weird sequence here where it seems like Wynn is like either dreaming or maybe somehow getting a vision of Cassandra with her daughter and she's telling her about this great superhero that saved her from the cube and she's showing him the comic book that he drew <laughs> of them. Yeah, the only thing I think of is that it's some sort of implied or like some sort of dream that's been implanted into him maybe. Ah, okay. Yeah, I could see that. Or- yeah, I don't know. That makes more sense than he's somehow just getting this out of the astral plane. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the end of the movie reveals that he is back in the cube as expected, but they've done some work on his brain, and the reveal is is that he's just like the character in the first movie that has uh, mental disabilities, and he's you know he's moving his hand the same way. In fact, my critique of this scene is like it's a, it's a fine reveal that. That character in the first one was probably someone who knew too much about the cube, so they intentionally did something to his brain. he was like a savant too, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a big part of that character in the first movie. But the idea that he was someone who knew too much about the cube, so they intentionally messed with his brain to like take it away and it left him in this state, I think that's an interesting reveal. What I think is a bit lame about this is that they have him say the exact same lines that that character did in the first one, and they have him... Go back to the blue room. Well, I go back to the blue room, he even does the same thing where he starts banging his head on the wall and the woman who's in this new group at the end puts her hand in front of his head. That's exactly what the character in the first movie did to stop him doing it. I just, I felt like they were just playing the exact, to almost to the point where if it wasn't for the fact that this group that finds him are all completely different people and not even like they've just been recast, they're completely different types of people, you know, it's like a, uh, you know, it's like a skinny guy and like the woman's like a, uh, was she black or maybe she i don't know but she wasn't white but she was kind of overweight and i was like these are completely different types of people to the ones that were in the first movie and if they weren't i would actually think they were trying to suggest that this is the character from the first movie um mm. but obviously it's our it's our actor from this one because it would spoil it if it was just the actor from the first one but yeah. uh, luckily that's not what they're trying to do at the end but i think they go too far with like just how identical the interaction is that he has with the other characters mm. I actually didn't even notice that it was the same, but it's been a while since we watched the first one. It, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm and I sure... only seen it the one time. When I say identical, I just mean he says some of the same lines and he does some of the same things. I'm sure if you go back and watch that exact scene from the first one, it's not in the same order. Or yeah, it's probably not like identical. So it's but it, it it's enough to make you remember that and be like, oh, so it's the same thing that happened to him. But it's too but it's, it's to too similar. Like, Honestly, I think the hand twitching the and. Person. I think the hand twitching and then them saying, oh, he's got mental disabilities would be enough to connect the two. The idea that he turned into, 
the exact same type of person is like it almost suggests that they've engineered them to have the exact same like end result as the other guy which is kind of weird well if it's the prequel and it worked for them once before do it again <laughs> i mean i suppose it's an interesting idea watching the first movie that that character had actually escaped the cube already and was put back in in this state and that's why he's in this state is because he already outsmarted the cube that is kind of an interesting thing to think about when you watch it but it's probably the only interesting idea that i think this movie actually gives that first movie because everything else i think just takes away from the the kill factor and the mystery and all that what about the idea that uh the guys who work on the outside of the cube are have someone that they get orders from above and then that someone appears to be Jax at first but then Jax also gets a call and has somebody else on who's still sending orders from above and he seems to respond the same way that the other employees did on the phone like the he, same sort of he's uh, like yes sir flat. right, right yeah. away sir yeah he's he, he, all of a sudden he stops chewing the scenery and starts being polite to someone um I don't know, I thought that was kind of interesting, because we still don't know who that would be. Like, yeah. a president, or whatever, like, a, an emperor, an alien, a god, like, who knows? I mean, you're saying all those things to keep it mysterious. It does feel like it, it is, is. mysterious. Well, it is, but, like, it, it does feel like they're leaning so much into the political side that it does just feel like some form of government. It doesn't feel... You know, it feels like an organization of people. Like, the, the idea that this is aliens doing all this feels less likely with everything they present me in this movie just based on what they say and based on what they do uh i think there's enough evidence in the film to call it a hellraiser sequel <laughs> i mean if it is a hellraiser sequel it's the at least the third best hellraiser sequel and, <laughs> and given how i've not been that positive on this I should tell you a lot about most of those hellraiser sequels mm -hmm. they are I don't know. i've only seen the i've seen one through three, and I saw the one that came out last year. That wasn't very good. I mean, that one that came out last year is the best one since three, but it's still not good. It's still very, very mediocre. I want to see the one with the, the guy from the commercials, the Mayhem commercials. Oh, I guess you don't know who that is. Not a clue. Yeah. Is it an American commercial? It's for um, insurance. Allstate, maybe? For an insurance company. Oh, well. Okay, never mind. Yeah. I think we're ready to rate the movie. I I, I, think any attempts this has to expand on the mythology kind of fall flat for me because they just do it in the most boring way possible. And the whole idea that there's someone else to answer to is just kind of a cop-out because it's just kind of like, we th you thought you were getting some evolution of the lore, but no, he just answers to someone else. You still don't know, really know anything. You know, it's still... No, I think it's just we get a different perspective of the Cube experience. We get it from employees. Um, and I think that is interesting because it doesn't answer too many questions to where it screws up the first movie. Yeah. But, but then we find out they're not really employees, though. So the people who are actually not in danger of getting into the Cube, who run the Cube, like, actually run the Cube, we've still not seen them. And I don't know if I necessarily want to. I, that may not be a good story, but... Uh, you know, but by, by the end, I just sort of like this movie just kind of gradually makes you realize that like these characters we've introduced that are outside the cube aren't actually that important. <laughs> They're just other victims of the cube, and that's all. So therefore, we've not really advanced any ideas all that much. I don't, well, I mean, 
I, I, I don't like it. Uh, as, as I, I clearly have. It's not the worst bad movie ever, because it, like, it, it, the pacing's perfectly fine. The kills are nice and gory, so in a schlocky sense, there's something to get there. There's definitely schlock. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe if you go into it expecting a bad movie and not a genuine good follow-up to Cube, you'll probably have an okay kind of background watch time with it, but that is that is the extent of what I can recommend from it. Anywho, Tara, would you like to rate Cube Zero? Yes. I think I'm going to give it a six, which maybe seems high, but I like it more than the last one, and I checked my rating and I gave that a five. So I'm going to go with a six on this one. Definitely the best sequel. And... I think that I had a good enough time watching it. Like you said, the kills are good. The gore is good. The There are some mysteries in it that I still find interesting. The pacing is pretty good. Um, not, I think the, I think our actual lead guy is not bad. Like, I think he's all right. Um, he's okay performance-wise, yeah. I'm not... Yeah, you know, he's not working with the, you know, Shakespeare here, but he's, the, 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 I think he uh, yeah. does a pretty good job. The rating is more my problem than the... The performances when it comes to those characters outside the cube and i th- i think like ideas why wise although it doesn't you know really follow up on a lot and he does it, it there's some plot holes still in this in this world and i th- that's okay like it's okay that i have some unanswered things but um i think overall it's not a bad watch and it's it's not the worst sequel so and I really like the character that was hamming it up big time. He just takes over the movie as well. Like, all of a sudden, yeah. it's Jax's show. But you can't look away. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with a four. Uh, I'm afraid. Not to disappoint Tara. But, That's okay. Uh, you give the first one a seven, by the way. I was worried that you'd only given that a six, and I was going to get mad at you for reading this in Cube 1. Hey, I opened this with saying this is the best Cube movie. <laughs> you did. Did not upset me deeply. <laughs> I was being a little silly, but I did actually have have an okay time watching it. A little, you say. <laughs> a little silly. Uh, but there you go. That's Cube Zero. But uh, next week, we are in uncharted waters for me because... The Cube remake from Japan from 2021 is something that I only found out about like last year and was very much surprised that such a thing existed. And I'm very curious to see what they do with it. I'm a little sad that I won't be able to, like, I don't know, play a video game or like full laundry while I watch the movie because <laughs> it's from Japan. I'm going to have to pay attention. <laughs> you should be given all the movies we watch your full attention anyway, Tara. How dare you? Well, I always watch them on laundry day. This is why you're fired. Fired? <laughs> yeah, you heard me. Does that mean I can go? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've given you notice. You've, you've, got, you've got some episodes to, to finish up. Yeah, I don't know. Not firing <laughs> works. Well, that's how it works when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. So... That is Cube Zero. We'll see you for the Japanese Cube remake next week. Let us know what you think of Cube Zero in the comments. And of course, you can support all the content and get some bonuses and early access and all those other things. But head over to patreon.com slash TV. So please do. It helps keep all the shows coming. And of course, Ace is continuing once Tara sets sail uh, into the Cube Beyond. Uh, <laughs> David will be on the Ace 
and there'll still be three episodes of Ace every month starting, well, starting, yeah, December, basically, yeah. Uh, November has a, November's kind of weird, because there'll be a, your last one or two will be in November, and then David's first one or two will be in November, so there'll be a, kind of a, a crossover period, but, uh, yeah. I shall pass the baton. Mm-hmm, yes. So, this has been the Atomic Sam Experiment, our thoughts on Cube Zero. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer at Salsa.